welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. I am on location at the Tascam booth at the 2018 Winter NAM Show in Anaheim, California, and joined on this episode all the way from Downers Grove, Illinois. Originally. Yeah. Muriel Anderson, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Originally, so where are you out of now? Nashville, Tennessee, half the year, and uh, Oak Beach, Long Island, the other half of the year. Nashville, Tennessee, I've never heard of. Downers Grove, Illinois, it's a, it's a metropolis. It's, it's booming <laughs> for music. Uh, very fascinating guest on this episode, listeners. Muriel, you're listed as a guitarist, but Obviously, the bigger draw, more fascinating, is harp guitar. Yes. Um, I just came from playing a harp guitar showcase uh, uh, here at the NAMM show with, for Fret Monkey. And is that with uh, a company that you are aligned with? No, it's a company that uh, I've just been talking to and very interested, uh, Fret, Fret Monkey Records, and they've been promoting a lot of acoustic guitar music. And so and I think that anyone who's, who's doing that now is... Uh, really stepping up to the plate great well so before we get too deep into all that uh at the start of the show today we were playing your song moon shadow tell the listeners about that song well if you experience the eclipse you probably like i uh, were very very moved by it and i happened to be uh, in nashville uh, and as i was playing on the lawn of the capitol building people started requesting Play Moondance, play Moonshadow. And so I became the accompaniment for this event while uh. Brian took photos. And we turned that into a greeting card, actually, with Brian's photography and uh, all the music that I was playing, all the music inspired by the Eclipse on the inside of the greeting cards. So uh, this is a, a cut from the Eclipse CD greeting card. That's, that's a unique idea. Uh, am I... Out of touch? Are, are more artists doing that? I'm, I'm not familiar with the I don't know. We, it was my idea, so I don't know if anyone else has done it yet. Yeah, I like it. Very, very original. Thank so you. Muriel gets even more interesting listeners when I tell you that she actually learned piano as a child. But uh, you have a neat story of how you acquired your first guitar. Well, yeah, a friend of the family was throwing one away, and uh, I tuned up the three strings that were remaining on it and trying, tried to start figuring out melodies and i was about uh, seven or eight years old at that time so uh that was where in relation to learning piano you had already learned piano and uh, decided yeah this my was mother ta- was teaching piano for about a year or so and so i had a little background in that okay but the guitar felt like me it uh, i love the way it vibrated against me and just i took to it instantly and so then moving ahead a little bit because in high school you were a member of the jazz band but um you were performing through your college years. You helped form a bluegrass band. This was at DePaul, and you took mandolin lessons from Jethro Burns, who introduced you to his brother-in-law, which is a gentleman that everybody knows named Chet Atkins. Right. <laughs> so uh, Chet became a really big influence, uh, not only in his music, but just the way he approached uh, the excitement of learning from other people. He would learn from a, a young kid who was doing something different from what he was doing, and uh, really had a very open attitude towards music 
and a, a great attitude towards respecting other musicians. Fantastic. And so needless to say, listeners, uh, Muriel had gone on to perform with Chet Atkins as well as uh, a number of others. Um, the first one I'm going to pick out, it's not unlike last week. I was talking to Joey DeFrancesco, who performed with George Benson, who is one of my all-time heroes. Oh. And likewise, you performed, among others, with Earl Klug. Oh, yeah. Earl plays on my Nightlight Daylight CD. And that's a CD that... Uh, um, I decided this is going to be my gift to the world, you know. This is the CD that's going to have no budget, no maximum budget, and no time limit. Whatever every song needed is what it would get. And so it became a, a double CD, uh, 30 songs, uh, one of music to wake up to and one music to go to sleep to. And I realized that every performer who was playing in this, you know, Victor Wooten and Stanley Jordan and um, Mark Kibble from Take Six and... Uh, Phil Keggy, all these people were not only great musicians, but also great, great people. And so I thought that Earl just had to be on it, because Earl is just a beautiful soul. And I met him at the Chet Atkins convention, so I asked if he would uh, play on a couple of tunes. So, um, he, But he I'm interested to. in that, because you said, I met him at the Chet Atkins convention, asked him if he'd play in a couple of tunes. Was that your first introduction to, to Earl? Earl? Yes, I, I heard him playing in the hallway there at the Chet Atkins convention, and I said, oh, that's beautiful. And, and then, uh, so then because we started Because I imagine playing. that he must get approached by people all the time saying, I'd love for you to play on my project. And it's like, look, I can't play with everybody, and especially someone I've just met for the first time. So just no, no, walk we, us through that. How did that? Yeah, we, we uh, got to know each other over the years, you know, prior to asking him to uh, play on, on my album. And... Uh, you know, it just is when the music was really calling for his playing. So I wrote this tune called Perfect Ten, and it was calling for some Earl Klug and Stanley Jordan kind of sound back and forth. And so I asked Earl and Stanley wow. if wow. they would do the improvs on it, and, and they did. It was, it was a beautiful thing. So you said there was going to be no limit to the time and the budget. So how long did it take to it, do it? It took two years. And uh, then also I, I found a, a great artist to do the artwork. And this is the one that uh, has two front covers. And when you push the moon, it lights up and there's a shooting oh star. My gosh. This so is when I wish this was a video podcast. Listeners, you have to go online to see this. It's, it, she's holding it here, obviously. It's beautiful. What a tremendous concept. May Thank I? you. Wow. And so it took two years to do it. Uh, where was it recorded? Uh, in Nashville. So, you know, different studios in Nashville. And, and so it, it, this is the one that it just got voted by Guitar Player Magazine as one of the top 10 CDs of the decade. And they're, you know, 50 notable CDs on their uh, 50th anniversary issue. So we're really happy that people are feeling the, the love that went into it. and the Muriel has actually released had. more than a dozen solo albums. She's done instructional CDs. DVDs, and your music can even be heard in Woody Allen's film, uh, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Oh, that was fun when that happened, yeah. You seem like someone that just, like, every project that you do is fun. <laughs> that's why I'm doing this, and uh, that's the challenge, is to keep the joy of the music alive. And I've played all different styles of music, but the one thing that I keep consistent is... Uh, I have to love what I'm playing. I have to keep the joy alive. And so the kind of music that I play changes over time. So I, uh, if there's a piece that's not inspiring me anymore, I'll just stop playing it. I'll play okay. tunes that inspire me and keep me I was wondering in that which field. direction you were making that statement from, meaning is it 
keep the joy alive for yourself as a performer or gee Bruce I feel like there's a lot of people who are just going through the motions and doing it to make money and because it's a business and they're taking all the joy out of music but I don't think that's what you're saying or, or maybe there's a small percentage of you that does feel that way I don't know well it's you know the way musicians approach music is different for each person and so I don't say that the mind is the way to approach it it's just the way I approach it so uh, other people are, are welcome to uh, approach music in an entirely different way, and that, that can be beautiful as well. But wouldn't you, you seem like the kind of person that would be against someone who says, I don't really enjoy it as much as I used to, but hey, i got to make a buck. No, uh, they're, they're welcome to do that if, uh, if that's their, their path. Wow, wow. Well, that's a, that's, a, that's a very open attitude for you to have. Boy, there's just like this l- long list of these really cool things that you've done. Your album Heartstrings accompanied astronauts on the space shuttle Discovery. How does something like that happen? Uh, I played a TV show, and um, somebody tracked me down to ask if I would play for the annual Fajita Fest for the astronauts in Houston. So I flew down there and played for all the astronauts in the big airplane hangar. And it was the only show that I... During my intermission, I went and got autographs from the audience. And wow. they were all astronauts. And one of them, Susan Helms, bought my CD, uh, my Heartstrings. Actually, it was a Heartstrings cassette at that time. It was a long time ago. <laughs> and brought it up on the Space Shuttle Discovery with her and told me it was good music to watch the Earth by. Wow, wow. That's, that's, a, that's one of those exclusive fraternities that very, 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 very few people can belong to. It was really cool. And uh, I keep on bumping into people who have some affiliation with NASA on one way or the other on on my tours. So I I have a a soft spot in my heart for uh, the space program. But it sounds like it was an accident that that you didn't go go looking for them. They found you and brought you to this event and it's kind of opened this whole new corridor for yeah. you. Yeah, well, you know, music can open so many doors for people. When you put your heart in, into it, the, the doors open themselves. And uh, that's one reason why I like to promote um, getting instruments and lessons to kids, especially in this time when everything is so digitized, for them to play a, an actual physical instrument themselves and, and, and put everything that it takes to go into intellectually, spiritually, emotionally. Uh, that can do so much for people on many levels. On the flip side, do you actually get into any of the production aspect, or are you just all about performing and letting engineers and mixers do everything at the console? Um, No, I do a lot of my own producing and uh, mixing as well. Uh, Just for yourself or for other artists too? I've produced a couple of albums uh, uh, a while ago, and uh, so that was, you know, an interesting project too produced an, an album for Glenn Yarbrough of the Limelighters and his daughter Holly many years ago. Um, so, But uh, now I'm uh, really so busy with uh, writing my own music and putting out new projects. Well, I, I'm really interested to talk more about the harp guitar because to me it's, you know, everybody plays the guitar or everybody plays the drums or everybody plays keyboard, piano. But to me the harp guitar, it doesn't seem like you can walk around here at the NAMM show and find a whole lot of people that are doing it. And maybe I'm just not close enough to that instrument to know that, no, you're wrong, Bruce, there's lots of people playing it. Just your comments on, on the instrument and, and 
I don't want to say it's popularity or lack thereof because it mm -hmm. sounds like an insult, but it is to me very unique. And I'm saying that in a complimentary way. I mean, when I first saw the videos of what you're doing, I, you know, it's kind of one of those, y all of a sudden you look and you go, look at how much time I've been watching these videos for because it just really soaks you in. Well, there's a, a small group, a small and, and slowly growing group of people who are playing the harp guitar and more builders who are making them now. And if you go to harpguitars.net, you can find out everything you've wanted to know about the harp guitar. A great historian has really put together a lot of information about that. Uh, but a fellow harp guitarist, Stephen Bennett, had the idea to bring together all these people from all over the country, all over the world, who are playing this instrument. So he holds a harp guitar gathering every year. And so uh, we really have uh, met a lot of good friends through this. And so the people who play this unusual instrument all approach it differently. There's no one way to play it. And so we've really enjoyed getting to know each other. What was your initial introduction to the, to the harp guitar? How did you go from guitar? And, and if you notice, listeners, I was <laughs> listening everything from learning piano as a child. Her grandfather played saxophone you eventually took mandolin lessons. What was it that got you to say, okay, this is something that I want to really go well, more I'd, into? Well, I'd played you know, folk and bluegrass and jazz music uh, until I got to college and uh, started classical and uh, also started composing some pieces more in that style. And I kept on reaching for a low resonating note that was not on my guitar. So the music I was hearing in my head was requiring these low notes and I'd seen pictures of the harp guitar, and I said, that's what would have those no low notes that I'm hearing wow. uh, in my wow. music. And so I went out to look for one. As soon as you picked it up, did you know this is something that is going to be with me a long time? Well, um, it was a gradual process. When I first picked one up, it just looked like a sea of strings <laughs> as I looked down. And it was a little daunting. What do you do with this? And it was Stephen Bennett who told me, just play one bass note. Add one bass note when it adds to the music and then later add another bass note when it adds to the music. And so uh, I approach it uh, that I only use those strings when they are really adding to the music. And so it's, it's a function of what brings out the beauty of the music or the interest of the music or the fun of the music. Fascinating. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus, this one might sting a little, and trust me, I know the struggle. However, you can only make your daily Instagram post be an abstract image accompanied by... Hey, I hope everyone has had a productive day. I've got a busy agenda tomorrow, so I'm off to bed now. Good night. So many times before eventually people are going to wonder, doesn't this person create or get out and perform music at all? I never see them posting about their music. Let that also serve as a challenge to yourself to work on your music more so that you can post about your music more. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. How about that? Helpful? 
There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show. To make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format, there is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1, Volume 2, and Volume 3 for purchase in ebook format, giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40, 41 to 80, and 81 to 120, respectively. Just go to www.brucesbonusbook.com for online ordering and instant delivery. Listeners, I'm talking with Muriel Anderson. Check her out at murielanderson.com, and she is on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and she has her own YouTube channel as well. So be sure to check out everything that she has online and, of course, purchase her music. Keep up with her online to see where and when you can go see her perform live. We are live at the NAM show, specifically at the Tascam booth. My thanks to the folks from Tascam for having me out here again, just as we did last year. Listen to episodes 156 through 167, which were all recorded at the 2017 Winter NAM show at the Tascam booth at the NAM show here in Anaheim, California. Muriel, you were the first woman to have won the National Fingerstyle Guitar Championship. So I think now we're going away from harp guitar, yes, to just talk about traditional guitar in, in the instance of that. Yeah, I was, uh, hadn't been playing harp guitar yet at that time. Uh, but okay. there are now three uh, women who have won. Uh, so uh, there's more of us out there now, you know, playing at a high level. And so I'm really proud to uh, see more women playing. Does that make you feel like a pioneer of sorts, that you oh, were the first one? Gee, th- Gee, a pioneer, that makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, just, uh, it's uh, its good to see more people out and, and really making great music. Do you feel any sense of responsibility to the harp guitar to try to get more people playing it? Um, I think that just happens by itself. I just uh, make the music with it, and that if that inspires people, then that's, that's a good thing. And... I believe that you give lessons. Yes, I give Skype lessons, actually, uh, private lessons online via Skype, and also workshops as I travel around. I'll I'll do some workshops at Sam Ash Music and other places. But is it uh, online Skype sessions for harp guitar, or is it traditional guitar, or both? I've done both. So I give some harp guitar and some traditional guitar lessons. So again, though, with the the responsibility question, obviously a child, I'll say, let's let's say a teenager, teenager, for example, is going to be more drawn to traditional guitar, possibly just because they haven't been exposed to a harp guitar. Would you ever try to push someone and say, hey, maybe you should consider this, or is it really, it just has to speak to them? If the instrument speaks to them, then, yeah, then then go for it. So, you know, uh, it's a a great thing to to have. Oh, before I forget, I want to uh, give your listeners a uh, a link where they can get a free download from, we we were talking about the... uh, Nightlight Daylight CD. Uh, there's a link where they can uh, have a a tune emailed to them. It's a, an improv that I did with Phil Keggy of what the world needs now is love. Ah. So that kind of follows into what we're talking about. Wow. Uh, so if you go to murielanderson.com and then slash nightlight, it's uh, N-I-G-H-T-L-I-G-H-T, you know, written out. So murielanderson.com slash nightlight, uh, you can find that. Okay. Likewise, private lessons, workshops, People can contact you through your website to inquire more about those. Talk about the Music for Life Alliance. Well, I just, uh, many years ago, we had a string of crime on our block. And uh, I tried to find out, you know, why this was happening. And we found out it was all uh, kids on drugs. And and they'd taken away the music 
programs from Nashville, Tennessee schools, inner schools, inner city schools, of, of all, all cities, places, right? of all places. <laughs> and so I said, well, how can you tell these kids to say no to drugs when you don't give them something to say yes to? So I went uh, about trying to find a way to arrange a program to teach guitar and bass to uh, kids who couldn't afford it, like an after-school program. And in the process, found organizations that were doing that, like W.O. Smith School, and realized that we needed uh, to just support those organizations and give them recognition and uh, small grants. And so that's what I started doing uh, with the Music for Life Alliance. Wonderful, wonderful. On a different note, boy, oh boy, the, the list just continues on here. Published articles in Guitar Player, Acoustic Guitar, Fingerstyle Guitar, Classical Guitar, and Frets Magazine. And you're currently a regular columnist for Acoustic Guitar Japan magazine? Oh, yes. Um, I toured in Japan. I have had a couple albums released there. Um, and uh, so I've been writing for this magazine for, for quite some time. This episode is being released in February. February alone, tour dates for you in California, Arizona, and down where we are in Florida. But it sounds like you know no borders, which, which is appropriate because you <laughs> embody all things music. Music knows no borders in terms of geography, in terms of emotion, and you're happy to go play it all over the world, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. Any highlight that stands out all your years from traveling and doing shows in, I don't want to say exotic locations, because maybe you're going to tell me some show you did in Minnesota that just you'll never Oh, I mean, there, there are many, many that, that stand out. Uh, I certainly love to, to travel abroad, uh, Japan and um, Spain and Germany. and uh, I love to play in castles, so I had the uh, opportunity to play in castles many times. Um, but probably what stands out most is uh, I was, I've been producing this All-Star Guitar Night, and I decided to do one show to... Uh, be a tribute to Les Paul for all he's done for music. Uh, and I rented the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, wow. Tennessee wow. Uh, for this. And uh, while I was backstage with him in New York, I, I asked uh, if he would come to this tribute to him. And he said, yeah, but uh, I'll play if you hire my band. And I said, well, sure. And so uh, <laughs> it was a surprise. I didn't know he would play. So uh, we co-hosted the show at the Ryman Auditorium, and, and he played great. And he was well into his 90s. Oh my then, gosh. And so um, that was a, a, a really fun and, and big, big time for us. And listeners, I was saying earlier on in the interview that Muriel has performed with, and I singled out Earl Klug after I mentioned Chad Atkins, but Les Paul was one of the other names on there, and I felt bad for overlooking him because he's Les no, Paul. No, no, there's, there's a lot. Lo and behold, we get to hear the story. Give, give me one from a castle, though. You've, you've played in a castle. That's that's really fascinating. Oh yeah, the, the, there's such history there, and and you know we don't have that here in America, <laughs> you know. So I'm fascinated by them just because, I, you know, uh, we don't have them all around us. Except for a small little location, there's a remote place in Florida. It's called Solomon's Castle. It's made entirely, well, the outside is. It's made entirely out of recycled aluminum. Uh, I had the opportunity to stay overnight there. Wow. They only have one guest room there in the whole place. Uh, you're welcome, Solomon's Castle, for the free plug. Um, but anyhow, so I so I imagine this was maybe, what, in Europe that you played? Yes, yeah, m many places in Europe. in France, Germany, Italy, um, Croatia. Yeah, so that's, uh, uh, there's, a, uh, you know, quite a few concert programs and festivals that take so place in castles. You're also performing on the house concert scene. It's quite a contrast from the stages that you've played, but it seems to me as though that's still a very appropriate 
intimate environment for the type of music that you do. It really, it is, because you know, I I played uh, one night f- uh, at the Palais du Sport in Paris, uh, opening the show in front of uh, five between five and six thousand people, and then the uh, the next night I played for a little guitar club, a little house concert in. Uh, England in front of 20 people wow. and they both seemed like equal parts of life they, I enjoyed both of them in, in, uh, in different ways so I, uh, I love to do the, the intimate house concerts when I'm touring well but you know the advice that I hear seasoned musicians give to up and comers is that you do play every show whether it's in front of 5,000 or 15 people, people. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the, the, the same way yeah, yes absolutely you put your heart into it in either way it's, uh, it's in service of the music that you're doing it. I love that attitude. That, that's, that's a great approach. It's fitting that we're here at the Tascam booth doing this interview because you actually have a, uh, a Tascam connection in, in your background. Go ahead and, <laughs> that's and right, tell I do. that. Uh, well, uh, I was uh, working on a project with Stanley Jordan. We started out uh, recording an album together, and we just started jamming and having fun. Never did release the album. Uh, but in the process, uh, he had a Tascam recorder, and so I, th- I thought, well, I, I need to be on the same uh, same format, and so I got a, a, the same type of multi-track recorder so that we could uh, go back and forth with our uh, with our tapes. So, is it you had to teach yourself, or was it you went to him and said, "Look, I got one too. Help me, help me figure out how to work this thing." No, he, he suggested that I, I get the same one so we could pass tapes back and forth, and uh-huh. so I did. <laughs> Very nice. And then similarly, you also have immersed yourself i gave out your social media before into the world of youtube you have a video called why worry that has garnered a total of over eight million views oh right and there's another one that just came out i noticed it was up to three million um of uh imagine just uh, both of them are on harp guitar so I, I don't know why some of them take off and why some of them don't so it's a great mystery to me <laughs> that, that's unfortunate because i was going to ask you you know what advice you could give to the listeners who are up and comers that say well what, what can I do on YouTube to, to get up in the millions of views? I have no idea. It just happened. It was uh, the, the um, why worry. Uh, I was playing a Lucas Bruner f- uh, foldable harp guitar. And just show. he asked if I could just do a demonstration maybe to help sell the guitar. And, and he put it up on his Facebook. And it just started getting a crazy number of views. Yeah. Now, when you just talked, listeners, again, this is not a video podcast you can't see, but I see on Muriel's left hand, is, is, is that kind of a, uh, a war wound? Is that this blister that you have there, is that a product of, oh, of all no, the playing no, that you uh, do? This is, this is product of uh, over-exuberant uh, frolicking. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I don't like to walk places. I sort of frolic, and so uh, a uh, concrete barrier caught me. Oh, yeah, no. So... Um, <laughs> So you're in Nashville uh, and Long Island. Why Long Island, and and was it a natural move that brought you to Nashville away from Illinois? Obviously, you went there because it's one of the three music capitals of the U.S. Well, uh, when I went to Nashville, as soon as I touched down, I just felt at home. And the feeling amongst the other musicians is very supportive there. Uh, People play music for fun. And they learn from each other. And I thought this is a really nurturing place to come to, for my music to grow. So I didn't have any preconceived notions that I was going to make it big in Nashville or anything like that. I came there to grow as a musician, as an artist. 
and it, it really has been that, uh, just exactly that, just a wonderful place to record, to learn from other people, to, to have fun playing music. And now I'm touring with my boyfriend, great photo artist, uh, Brian Allen, and he has a little place in, in Long Island, just a summer-only little, little tiny cottage, uh, no insulation or anything, uh, but it's right by the ocean. And so we try to spend as much time in the summer there as possible. I was going to ask why Long Island of all places, and that's not a knock against Long Island, but certainly people go Nashville, it's understandable, but Long Island, I don't get it. So is he the one that did the, the picture on the, on the yes, greeting card? Uh, yes, on, on, on both of these pieces. The, the beautiful artwork is by Brian Allen, and so if you go to my website and you uh, see those images of the, of the eclipse and of the nightlight daylight, those are all his artwork. Well, sadly, we are out of time, but the good news is that we are going to close with another song from Muriel. This is uh, one called Views from Space. So before we play it, Muriel, just tell the listeners about this song. Well, I told you about the uh, Heartstrings recording that went up with the astronauts. When I saw the images that came down from that, uh, I wrote this tune, and this is on uh, the Eclipse, the new Eclipse CD now. And it's on the harp guitar, and I came up with a... Uh, my own way of doing this harmonic technique and I teach it on a free YouTube channel uh, program so if you go to my YouTube channel look up View from Space uh, I'll show you how I'm doing this technique okay well listeners uh, it has been my pleasure to visit with Muriel Anderson here in person at the NAM show but I do hope that you will check out her website at murielanderson.com and again She's on Facebook, Twitter, and as you just heard her say, she is on YouTube as well. Do keep up with Muriel online so you can see where and when you can go see her perform live. Let her know that you heard her and her music. Uh, Now hear this entertainment. And, of course, do purchase Muriel's music as well. Questions, comments, compliments about the show, send us an email at podcast at nhte.net. My thanks once again to Tascam for having us here at the 2018 Winter NAM Show in Anaheim, California. We'll send you out today with another song from Muriel Anderson. This is the one she just talked about. It's called View from Space. <laughs>